Hello, LA Kings fans, and welcome to episode 55 of the Kings Den, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 55 in these tough times, in this strange time during the whole pandemic. We know that you're getting through it, but we know that people are struggling as well. But we appreciate you taking your time to come listen to the Kings Den or any one of our amazing podcasts around the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, before we get started, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Kings Den THPN. Don't forget to follow me, your host, Jordy Cunningham, on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube. We are starting to put a lot more video footage on YouTube. Definitely check it out across the whole network. There's a ton more going on to the YouTube page, so definitely check that out as well. And check us out on Patreon for just $1. You can find all our exclusive bonus content, which includes last night we filmed our first what we called After Hours. It was just it was a Facebook live stream that if you missed it on a fa- on Facebook live stream, it's going to go as a two-parter podcast on Patreon because we went for over two hours, five or six, maybe seven of us from around the network hopping in and out, talking hockey, talking anything and everything. It was so much fun. With Ish and Dylan, the creators of the Hockey Podcast Network, started it at around 10, and we went till after midnight, maybe almost 12.30, so... They're going to edit it, split it into a two-parter, and put it on Patreon. So for just $1, you can check that out along with all of our exclusive bonus podcasts on Patreon. So check that out. Just search at the Hockey Podcast Network. Episode 55 of the King's Den. Again, we hope you're doing well. We hope you're social distancing. We hope you're doing your part to fight the virus because we miss hockey as much as you do. Everyone misses hockey. Everyone misses sports. But we still have news to discuss as tough as everything's going on. We're glad that we can try here at the Hockey Podcast Network, here at the Kingston, to put some light on your day by giving you half an hour to an hour of coverage that you can listen to and distract you from some of the things that are going on in in and around the world right now with this whole pandemic going on. But this is the Kingston, episode 55. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We do have news to talk about, new news to talk about. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends once again at Cool Hockey. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. Quality is just as important to them as it is to you, and that's why that they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Cool Hockey stocks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas, Fanatics, Reebok, and CCM, and hand stitched in their 1,500-square-foot state-of-the-art facility in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, to ensure the most authentic customization possible. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. Cool Hockey staff live and breathe hockey, and it shows in their work. Find out why CoolHockey.com is the number one source for NHL hockey jerseys online. Cool Hockey is committed to providing every customer with a high-quality product that is hand-stitched by professionals. Since Cool Hockey does not outsource any jersey for customization, that means their jerseys can be customized and shipped to you faster than their competitors. Cool Hockey jerseys and customization are officially licensed by both the NHL and the NHLPA. They take pride in making you just look like the players on the ice. So check out our friends at www.coolhockey.com. They're amazing. They're awesome. Definitely check them out. They're a lot of fun. Then just check out coolhockey.com. They're awesome. So let's get to episode 55 of the King's Den. We had stuff to talk about. We had King's News right off the bat last Monday when episode 54 came out. Thank you for listening to episode 54. That was a ton of fun with the House of Hockey Girls. They're awesome. 
It was a great conversation with them. But episode 54 came out last Monday, and then we had some Kings news that, that day as well because – or something to talk about. I guess not really news, something to talk about. And that was Drew Doughty did a conference call with the NHL talking about uh, – basically basically an interview talking about the where where life is right now and where it's at and how the Kings season was if if hockey's going to come back or not. And it was a great conversation between Doughty and the NHL. Doughty did say interesting stuff, though, because you know he's like that. He's he's a guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He likes to chirp. He likes to get under skin. He'll say whatever he thinks, and he sure did that in this conference call. He said if the NHL came back, it wouldn't feel like the team would win the win a real Stanley Cup. And people made the point, ha-ha, it's not like the Kings would win it anyways. It's fair. It's a fair fair point because the Kings are by the near the bottom of the barrel. But it, I, I agree with him. It wouldn't feel like a real Stanley Cup because the reality is if hockey comes back, there's going to be no fans in the seats for a long time. So if you're going to win a Stanley Cup in a random city because who knows where, where hockey is going to be able to be played and you're going to win it in front of no fans, like it doesn't make any sense. Like I, I, I am on the side with Drew Doughty here. Winning a Stanley Cup wouldn't be great. And, like, imagine you're a team that you're going to win your first Stanley Cup in history. In franchise history, you're going to win your first Stanley Cup. There's no fans in the building to celebrate it. Like, and you're not in, you're in, like, North Dakota or something like that, like they've discussed. Like, it's just weird. It can't happen. Like, that will be strange. So I do agree with Drew Doughty on that conference call that uh, if, the hockey, if hockey came back, it wouldn't feel like a real Stanley Cup. And I have to agree with them, unfortunately. It's really strange, but it's true. It's true. But there was a lot of interesting stuff said by Drew Doughty in this conference call. He got asked about the season. He got asked about a bunch of stuff. And so this is something I want to talk about because I've talked about it at length this season is how the young guys have done with the Kings because that is such a big part of the Kings, right, is how is the young guys because this team is on the rise. It's one of the best prospect pools. And he got asked – Doughty got asked what he thought about the young defensemen that made their mark on the Kings this season and Tobias Bornfoot, Mikey Anderson, and Kale Flagg. And he said, yeah, I was very impressed with all three of those guys, you said. We'll start with Bornfoot. He really impressed me in, in preseason. It's hard, to con- it's hard to compare a preseason game to a regular season game. It's a pretty big transition. So he got, got to play a few games at the start there and get some under his belt. So I'm expecting some big things from him next year. Really smart player, very calm, good person. I can't say enough good things about him. I love the way he saw the ice, and I'm looking forward to working with him, and I'm hoping to make him even better than he is right now. Pause the quote for a second. That is so true. Remember at the start of the year, Doughty raved about Bornfoot. He loved playing with him. They were playing together in preseason. He is right. A preseason game is different than a regular season game. Bornfoot struggled a little bit in the couple games he played in, but Doughty loved playing with this kid. He loves the poise of this kid, and I agree. Bornfoot is going to be a hell of a defenseman for the Kings for a long, long time. If if you're getting a seal of approval from Drew Doughty, that's pretty good. And, and Bornfoot was only 18, and he had a great preseason, so that like there's not much more you can say. Tobias Bornfoot is going to be a hell of a player for the LA Kings, and when you get Drew Doughty saying words about you like that, that's awesome. To continue the quote, he then goes on to say, "When it comes to Mikey Anderson, same thing. Good player, but different from, from Bornfoot. I see more offensive upside in Bornfoot, but Mikey Anderson just seems like he's very calm and makes good plays. I'd say more defensively than Bornfoot, but very, very impressed with his game and the way he is off the ice as well. Kelt leg." 
he can skate like the wind. The way he can move those feet, that's kind of the way defensemen are going in the league these days. They're looking for guys that can move their feet, go end-to-end and stuff like that, rather than good defenders. Kale's very good at that. You saw that watching him play. Obviously, we've got work on a little bit of defense with him, but all three of those guys, I'm looking forward to make. I'm looking forward to hoping to make the team next year. And that's true. That's high praise from your best, from one of the best defensemen in the league. Of course, a teammate. But I was very impressed with all three of these guys. Of course, Kale Clegg didn't get much of a shot. Bornfoot, he played his three games, and I said, you know what, you're going to play in the AHL, which I totally agreed with. I was fine with that. Mikey Anderson, Anderson, I thought it was great in the six games he played, and I really liked his game. And just to see the praise from a veteran and one of your leaders, that was awesome. It's good to see good to see Doughty given praise where praise is due to the younger players because that is the wave. That's the new wave. That's the future for the LA Kings, so it's awesome to see that. And then Drew Doughty got asked about what quarantine's been like, what isolation's been like, what it's been like not having hockey, what it's been like in this strange time, what the past month has been like. And he and he said, we, so basically him and his wife, left L.A. as soon as they could. The main reason for that is they have a little bit more land for their ki- for the kid. Of course, Doughty's a, a new father. So they went back to London, Ontario. They got to see some family members, got to see some grandparents, got to be careful, of course. But he says that they got out of L.A., went back to London, Ontario, Canada right away, got to have some more space, do some more. There's some room to train. There's some room to do things. And so that's what Doughty has been doing in quarantine. He still is training. He's staying in shape. He said he's hanging in there. The kids keep him busy. He says it sucks what's going on, but he's making the best of it. And that's all you can do in these times. It's all you really can do. So that's what Doughty has been doing over the last month. He got asked about what communication is like, uh, what communication has been like between the coaches and players, and he said there's been a few conference calls between the teams, but other than that, not much. He says he gets he has to make calls sometimes on NHLPA stuff, but that's about it. He also got asked what, uh, what is, what he thinks about seeing more personality around hockey in this time because we've talked about it at length here on the Kingston with our guests, and I've talked about it a lot, like. The you're seeing more personality in hockey players, and that's awesome to see because people are getting more creative in this time of need. In this very strange time, people are getting way more creative, dancing on TikTok and stuff like that. They're showing personality in hockey players that you don't get to see very often, and it's cool to see. So anyways, uh, when Doughty got asked about that and whether he might be a broadcaster in the future, he said... I mean, I think I'd be good at it, but I don't think it's for me. I think I'd be decent at broadcasting just because I understand the game and I understand everyone's systems and stuff like that. So I'd be really good at picking those apart and making the fans aware of the little things like that. To be honest, I don't really know what I'd what I'd want to do. I think when I'm done, I want to move back to London. My dream is to own an OHL team. I know that's a stretch, but I don't know about broadcasting. For me, being in video... Being on video in this period of time, I maybe will do it, but right now I want I want to keep my family, me and my family, off the video calls. So, future broadcaster Drew Doughty, who knows, could be something interesting. You just don't know what could happen. It's very interesting, that's for sure. But who knows? See what happens. But you never know. Drew Doughty could be a broadcaster in the future. Maybe the future broadcaster of the LA Kings. Who knows? He also got asked some questions around from around the NHL, Drew Doughty. He got asked who his Norris pick would be, who the best defenseman would be. And first of all, that was the other big part that people took from this interview. 
The players get asked who they think the best defenseman in the league or best three defensemen in the league. Doughty's usually in that top three from his peers. He was like fourth this year and he was not happy about it. He discussed that. He just he just he did not like he did he didn't think he got the respect from players around the league. He thought he should have been considered one of the best defensemen in the league again. But he also got asked on this conference call what he thought what his Norris pick would be. And he said, I think most people would probably give it to Carlson. Of course, John Carlson of the Washington Capitals because of the amazing years he's had. But for me, Doughty says, I got to go with Roman Yossi. And the reporter asks, any reason for Yossi over Carlson? And Doughty in Doughty-like fashion says, I just think Yossi has a lot less of a team than Carlson does. I just think Yossi has a lot less of a team than Carlson does. And it's true. The Capitals are an amazing team. The Preds are a good team as well, but they do have less. So it's a little bit of nitpicking. It's a little bit of poking in the back. But it's true. He, like, Doughty's once again not lying. He's not lying. Yossi, they've both been amazing, Carlson and Yossi. But Yossi has... Ha, Yossi's team hasn't been as good as the Capitals are. The Capitals have been a better team. So interesting point. What do you think? It's interesting, that's for sure. And then one more Kings-related question. He got asked what it was like having head coach Todd McClellan behind the bench this season. And Doughty said, well, obviously he's a part of the team. All the players really love Todd. He's a hard coach, but at the same time, he's a little bit of a player's coach. He's very demanding. We know exactly what he wants from our systems. There's no gray areas. We know exactly individually what he wants out of each player. He was great for us, and it's a little disappointing that we couldn't have done any better than we did in, in the season because... The change we had in the coaching staff made it very accessible to be successful this season. So I think they did a great a great job. So Dowdy love head, loves head coach Tom McClellan, and it sounds like what we heard from this season is a lot of the players liked, like playing for him. And it's good to know that there's no gray areas. It's good to know that, hey, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Specific is key. There can't be gray areas, and it's awesome that Thomas Collins attention to detail is good. That's why he's been a successful coach in the league. And that's why he's going to be a successful coach with LA Kings tough first year because of course of the state of the team, but it's good to see that the players like head coach Thomas Collins. And I think he's going to be around the Kings for a long time, but that was the conference call with Drew Doughty. A lot of very interesting stuff. A lot of very interesting tidbits from one of the best defensemen in the league. Of course, we, we his, he likes to speak his mind. He loves to speak his mind and, that's what he was doing again right there. There's nothing wrong with that. We do have some more LA Kings news just quickly, a quick signing. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about Puffy Mattresses. Right at America's most comfortable mattress, Puffy provides the ultimate sleep to thousands of customers nationwide. The Puffy Mattress is an all-foam mattress with a medium firmness level and outstanding pressure relief. Low-density memory foam makes for an exceptionally soft sleeping surface. Lightweight sleepers and side sleepers will appreciate the bed's cradling support, which, proper, which balances proper with spinal alignment. Check out our friends at www.puffy.ca. The Kings had a signing this week. Just quickly, another another prospect signed to his entry-level deal. Goaltender, goaltender Jacob Ingram joins the list of goaltenders in the Kings prospect pool. He was the Kings' sixth-round pick in 2018. He signs with the Kings after going 33-8-4 with the Kitchener Rangers this season. His 33 wins led the OHL. He had a 9.17 save percentage, a 6.90, a 2, sorry, 2.96 goals against average, and two shutouts. He's the fifth player the Kings have signed from the 2018 draft, 
after Akil Thomas, Rasmus Kapari, Aiden Dudas, and Johan Sodergren. Johan Sodergren, sorry. And the unfortunate thing about the last season for Jacob Ingram is he just missed playing in the Canada Russia series and being a part of the Team Canada World Junior Team because of an injury. But hey, you had it. You had a season with an injury. You missed some time, but you still led the OHL in wins. That's damn impressive. 33 wins is damn impressive in 45 games. So he's another goaltender that's a big part of the future for the LA Kings. The If you look at it, the goaltending future is actually real deep for the LA Kings. So of course, you still have Quick. You have Peterson, who's showed great flashes for the Kings this season. And you just have a lot more. You have Lucas Parrick, who played for the Czechs at the World Juniors. You have a couple more in line, and now you add Jacob Ingram to the list. It's awesome. It all starts with goaltending, and now the goaltending list for the Kings just got a little deeper, and that's awesome to see. So, hey, some LA Kings news this week, some actual hockey news. It's nice to see that as the LA Kings sign goaltender Jacob Ingram to his entry-level contract. Now, we do have another guest this week. We've had so much collaboration around the Hockey Podcast Network during this week or during this time, during this pandemic. It's been awesome. Of course, we had a bunch of collaboration over the course of the year, but now we have even more going on. I would like to welcome Dylan Kieser to the King's Den. Of course, he is the host of the Stick Hungry Podcast, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks with producer T and new co-host Kyle McLennan, for, or former Boston Bruin and San Jose Sharks. So it's awesome to get his perspective as a part of the Stick Hungry podcast. But we have the main host, Dylan Kieser, on the show. Of course, he's the co-creator with Isha of the Soda Pod of the Hockey Podcast Network. So right now, please welcome Dylan Kieser to the King's Den. And now, finally, for the first time this season, we get to welcome Dylan of the Stick Hungry podcast and the, one of the co-creators of the Hockey Podcast Network with, of course, Isha to the King's Den. Dylan, good morning. How's it going? Not too bad, man. It was, uh, it was a late night last night. We did the, the Hockey Podcast Network after hours. It was an absolute blast. We had, what, six or seven of us on the call. Um, it went pretty late. We were recording past midnight. We had some Pink Whitney's on board, too. So uh, it's been quite the morning for myself. Yeah, for sure. That was a lot of fun last night. I didn't, even, I didn't even really know what was going on. I just opened our group message and saw a direct message from you saying like, hey, we're doing this. Jump on if you want to. And I was like, oh, shit, let's do it. And it was so much fun. We went for so long. We had you, me, Ish, uh, just a few guys from around the network. Devin is his own person, man. Of course, the host of the Rippin' Discus podcast, he's just his own person. Devin is an absolute character. And yeah, R- Richie from the Corey and yeah, Richie, Richie show came yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, Elijah actually from the stick and rink podcast came on a, a surprise visit from his car. Um, yeah, that was weird. That's that was, commitment though. That's yeah, commitment. commitment to the Midnight game. in your car doing a podcast. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. Commitment to the game. That was hilarious. And then it was funny to see in our group message today, like how many people were pissed that they missed it and want to be on the next one. So yeah, that was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, me and Isha were talking about it. We initially just wanted to do a Patreon episode because we haven't just had a chance to sit down and, and, and BS, right? So mm-hmm. eventually I was like, you know what? Maybe I should open up this invite. And it was at like yeah. 10 o'clock before we finally hammered idea. everything down. Yeah. Um, and we were talking. I was like, you know what? Nobody's going to come on. It's already 10 o'clock. <laughs> For most of the guys, it's, it's Eastern time right now. 
but you know, five pleasant or six surprise. of us got on the call and it was a good time. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun for sure. Definitely a, pl- a pleasant surprise for you guys who didn't expect it. You just wanted to shoot the shit because you guys said you don't get to talk much as friends, kind of. You get to talk, you talk way more as work partners than friends. So it was, I, I was pumped for you guys that, that you got to do that and it was fun for all of us to be a part of. And I'm looking forward to doing, to doing more of them. And you guys were saying the name After Hours wasn't that good. I thought it was a pretty good name. Well, you know, it's, I, I brought it up. It's pretty generic. Um, is, we were thinking, like, maybe we can find something better. But I don't know. It describes it pretty well, the after hours. I mean, there yeah. wasn't much hockey talk, I'll be honest. There's yeah, no. But, like, like 5% hockey yeah. talk. But that's kind, of, that's kind of, that's okay. Like, even if there was hockey going on, like, it's still okay. Because, like, it's just, it shows a different side of us, right? Because, like, that, that's, that's part of this, of what the this whole like past few weeks and pandemic has done is like, yeah, we talk hockey on the podcast, but we get to talk about some other things as well and show some other sides and show, get a little more creative. And I think it's been awesome for around the network. And uh, Richie actually from the Corey and Richie show, he had a good idea, get some towels made, you know, the yeah, yeah. podcast network towels. So it kind of replicates hockey night in Canada's after yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. I might, I might look into that a little bit a little bit more yeah that was funny a nice white towel with the the logo on it or something that'd be awesome yeah no that'd be good but yeah it was a good time check out uh, the video on the hockey podcast network's facebook page by the way folks yes absolutely Um, check it out at the hockey podcast network on facebook it was a great time we did it facebook live and it'll be available as a two-parter on patreon is that right yeah it's a two-parter i mean no one's gonna sit through that whole thing at once we figured we might as well (laughs) split it up so for just one dollar you can find both parts of the podcast on there but if you want to watch it watch the whole two hours go to facebook live and check it out and there will definitely be more of them in the future absolutely so, so how, how you doing man how you doing with this whole COVID 19 situation so, so this was this was i was gonna start with the same question for you how are you dealing with it i'm good i had my two-week quarantine right when it started and then i've been back to work for three weeks now i only had the two weeks off because uh my dad was in vegas and he got home so like he wasn't allowed to leave the house and like i live here as well so i'm not i wasn't allowed to leave the house so like he got back on a Sunday. I went to work on the Monday. And then the company where we work for Tuesday morning, I went to work and they were like, yeah, no, go home. Take your two weeks off. So I took my two-week quarantine, but I've been back at work for three weeks now. So it hasn't been bad for me. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm one of the lucky ones that gets to keep working. And I went from like, I was working regular eight-hour days. Then I had the two weeks off. And then I got told, okay, we're 10-hour days now. So I'm even luckier in that regard. Just bringing in the cash for those extra two hours yeah. a day. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice. I even worked like a half day yesterday, half day Saturday. So like it was whatever I can, right? Got to take advantage. Yeah, for sure. And your old man, like being in Vegas, that's a tough spot to be. Oh yeah. Well, it, it was like this. It, it was tough because he, it was, there was an event going on down there that with like machinery and stuff like that called Connex and a bunch of people go down to it. It's like for heavy machinery and stuff like that. Okay. And, and he went down on the Wednesday and that was the day Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA shut down and just, oh, the, yeah. Jesus so Christ. He, he, he said every day when he was down there, it got weirder and quieter and it was just really strange. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, for me, I mean, like you said, I, I've been working most of the time through this whole pandemic. That's so good. not much has really changed for me other than the fact, you know, when I get off work, all the stores are closed. Even like Walmart's closing early at eight. <laughs> at eight yeah. I can't even get my goddamn groceries. I'm going to have to order, skip the dishes every night. Yeah, for sure. Or do like, uh, just, uh, order your groceries from save on and get them delivered. 
Hey, that's your thinking cap on Jordan. Yeah. You got your thinking cap. Well, I, like, didn't even, I didn't even consider that. Well, like I see the van that's driving around all the time delivering groceries to people. So I'm so just do that. Just order your groceries from Save On. It might cost you a touch more money, but that's okay. Yeah, th- those those drivers must be getting slammed though. I wonder if they've had to hire more delivery drivers wonder, to get all yeah. those groceries out. Yeah, that uh, that is a good question. Yeah, that yeah, I I wonder if they have, but like that's interesting. How many people are ordering toilet paper and their and save ones just like, uh, we're out. Sorry. Like I know, well, it's, know, be- I know it's better now, but during those couple weeks when I was going everywhere, when everyone was taking it, it was kind of like, huh? Uh, yeah, you're screwed. I'd be interested to see the graph for the toilet paper sales. Cause I'm, I'm going to assume over the last week or so, they've actually kind of plummeted. Oh, people for sure. Went out and bought packs and packs of the stuff. And now they're good for what? Two, three months of toilet paper. Yeah, for sure. And you can see like when you go to the store now, it's back to normal like the toilet paper's there. Like the only thing that's not normal is people are, is there's marks on the ground for staying six feet away from everyone else. But yeah, it's strange for sure. But yeah. And like I went to the store the other day and it seemed pretty much back to normal. So like stock with the shelf stock wise. So it was, yeah, it was wild though for those couple of weeks there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, man, I, I mean, everyone's saying this, but I hope this ends sooner than later because uh, Me too. we want to get back to normal life. We need sports in our lives. We really yeah, do. It's, but it, it's sad. Like I'm one, I'm one of the people I'm my whole life. I've been like, I'm a, I, I will say I'm a super positive person. I always like to say that I'm positive, but I honestly think we're in this for a long haul and we're lucky in BC that we are doing one of the best, like in the world at flattening the curve. But like, man, if we're, it's going to be a long time. And it's going to be, and it's getting back to normal life. Isn't just going to be like that. It's like a snap of the fingers. It's going to be in increments. It's going to be like groups of 25 people can get together then groups of 50 people then groups of a hundred and then 250 and stuff like that. It's going to be like that. But I don't think we're going to see a, an arena filled with fans until 2021, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with that. And, you know, they've explored the option of playing games without fans in the stadiums. I guess it's better than nothing, but man, that would be a weird visual. I know. Yeah, it would be a super weird visual, but like you can see it's awesome. We have baseball in Taiwan or wherever it is right now and they're playing in empty stadiums, but it's just like we have baseball being played. It's so nice. I just I can't wait to have sports back. Yeah, no, same here, man. I've been I've been going nuts trying to find things on Netflix and whatnot, watching Tiger King and shit like that. <laughs> it gets old though. It gets really old. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, it does for sure. But yeah, just like it, seeing the baseball over in Taiwan there just gives me hope and like it's fun and exciting even though there's no fans in the stadium and it, it makes you think like we could get sports sooner rather sooner rather than later but it's just it's so tough it's gonna take a long time yeah I mean well people still watch Florida Panthers games and there's like 60 <laughs> people in the stands there so yeah, no, you're some, right about that have been dealing with it for a while I guess yeah yeah you're right about that some yeah there are some stadiums that are dude, just kind of like ugh, like what or like I've always said like baseball is my favorite, but some, some of the stadiums you see during the summer, like on a Tuesday night, you're like, that's not enough fans. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you mentioned baseball. I mean, you worked for the uh, Vancouver Canadians. Is that yes. right? Yeah, I do. So that, that must be hitting you pretty hard. I mean, it, things should be getting ramped up right about now, but of yeah, course it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all up in the air right now. I haven't heard much. I'm super hopeful for a season, but I just, it, uh, the reality of the situation is we just don't know what's going to happen. I've been trying, I've been trying to get news. I've been reading articles about what's going to happen, but it's just, it's so up in the air. I don't, I can't really say much because it's so up in the air. Just like kind of life is right now. Everything's kind of up in the air. 
but man, like that's that's my favorite place during the summertime, sitting in the press box to top of Nat Bailey Stadium. And I'll be real sad if I don't get to do that this summer. But we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like baseball is a little bit different, right? It, yeah. It's, it's a summer activity. For some people, it's not even about watching the sport. It's about yeah. having something to yeah. do on a summer Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Going, having a couple beers with your buddies, having yeah. a three-foot hot dog at the Nat Bailey Stadium. It's always a good time. And, yeah, it's just another thing that we're going to have to wait for. And, and the other thing that's affected me with the whole coronavirus is this upcoming Thursday, I was supposed to be on a flight to Australia. I'm not oh. doing that anymore. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's <laughs> yeah. rough. Did you get your money back at least? I've heard a lot of people have just been getting issued like uh, store credit or my, whatever you want to call my, it. My buddy and I rebooked our flights. Oh, okay. so, so we have them for November now. Who knows if international travel will be going by then, but maybe we'll just have to rebook again. Who knows? But we're hopeful for November because we were looking at it and I said like, let's do a year from now or let's do February. And my buddy was like, dude, February is peak season. Prices for flights are double the price. Well, you can get them for the same price in November. So I was like, okay, let's, let's do that. And then we'll see what happens. Well, November in Australia, that's pretty much summer, isn't it? That, They're kind that, of opposite. That, yeah. Yeah. So that's like spring. That's why. And so that's why flights are double the price in February. Cause that's like peak season summer there. I, I don't know if I'd even want to be in Australia peak summer. Honestly, we're BC boys. We're used to the, yeah. the, the not too warm climate. So I, I don't know if it gets over like 30 degees, I'm melting. <laughs> no, I'm one of the guys, the hotter, the better. I love it. Okay. Okay. I You're one it. of those. Oh, like the, the super nice weather we've had the past two, three weeks, almost month now. I've loved the 15 oh, and over every day. It's been amazing. I'm loving it. You you picked a good team to cover the LA Kings. You're, yeah, you, you I have fit in sure. with the warm climate people. Yeah, absolutely. I do for sure. Well, you're a part of the warm climate as well with the San Jose Sharks, and it's been quite the season for both the teams. It's been a cold season for the San Jose Sharks. It has not <laughs> been warm. Um, well, yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing. That's why it makes such a good comparison to talk about because the Sharks were supposed to be in the playoffs and now like they're at the bottom with the Kings. So it's, this is why it's such an in- interesting conversation between these two teams. No, I mean, what a year it's been. I would never have expected coming into the season to be, I'll be honest, to be below your LA Kings. Um, we yeah. were expecting at least to make the playoffs kind of squeeze in. I don't know if anybody was saying – you know, the Sharks were Stanley Cup contenders this year looking at their roster, but I expected them to do a lot better than uh, 63 points in 70 games. Yeah, it's been pretty sure. disappointing so far. Yeah, for sure. Now, are you at are you at the stage covering the Sharks where are they going to have a bounce back year next year? Could they make the playoffs this year or, or next year? Or is that at the, if there is a next year? Or are you at the point where it's going to be the downhill swing and they're going to where the Kings are? I mean, it's it's so tough to say. I mean, there hasn't really been many glimpses of, of positivity this year. We had a good run in November. We won 11 games out of 13. Uh, then we went on another downhill spiral. We ended up firing our coach, um, Pete DeBoer, and then bringing on Bob Bugner as the head coach. And nothing really changed after that. So I don't know, man. It, it looks like we might be going further downhill. We still have good pieces on this roster, so it's more than a possibility that we bounce back next season. I think there's a few things we have to address, goaltending and defense being one of them. Um, But yeah, I I can't honestly say. It's going to be interesting going into next year. I think the Sharks have a lot of big decisions to make over the summer. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And that that brings me to the point of like, the Kings are, are almost like, 
start of the upswing now because you got a bunch of young guys play this year. The Kings have the best prospect pool in hockey, one of the best, anyways. And like, Ooh, shots fired. What? No, no. I mean, some people might argue with that, but no, they do do have a good prospect yeah, pool. Yeah, yeah. And like, so thinking about that, like the Kings last couple of years have made the, have made the trades, trade the older guys, trade the guys that you can get rid of. Do you think the Sharks could do that at some point? Start trading off guys like Evander Kane and such. And of course, it did that with Brendan Dillon this year, who you're going to have on this week, which is amazing. But what do you think? When are, when are they going to start trading the, the older guys? And, you know, it's such a tough decision because once you do that, you're kind of signaling to the fan base that we're going into a rebuild. And I'll be honest, this San Jose Sharks fan base hasn't really dealt with a full-on rebuild. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough decision for management. We have the pieces to move. Like you said, Evander Kane, um, you know, Vlasic there's a few guys that we can move but we're also we also have big contracts on the books right now I was gonna say that yeah yeah so it makes it really difficult for us moving forward and you brought up the Kings prospect pool you know the San Jose Sharks prospect pool isn't very deep isn't very deep at all um so we have a lot of building to do there this might be the best time to go into a rebuild get ahead of it trade some of your players while they still have pretty good value and get some young pieces back but on the other hand, I feel like the San Jose Sharks management team wants to try again next year. I don't think they're going to they're gonna bend over so easily. I, I agree with that. I think they're going to try for one more year, but that always comes to kick you in the ass. But, and also at the same time, like you, if, you, if you change your mind and say, okay, we're going to try to trade the older guys, you can't do that right now because with everything going on, you don't know how long the COVID-19 is going to go on for. That makes everything so much tougher. No, that, that's that's a great point. Actually. You can't make moves. No, like, no, you can't. And um, you know, if the San Jose Sharks go in go into next season with the exact same roster, we're gonna see a lot of the same. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's not there wasn't too many bright spots for this team, unfortunately. Normally, you know, when a team's down in the dumps, maybe one or two guys kind of stepped up, and you can say, hey, we we had some some positive things to take away from this season. But I'll be honest, I don't know if we have that from the Sharks team. Yeah, no, it was definitely a weird year for you guys for sure because there was su- such high expectations and the talent is there. It just didn't happen this year. Like Evander Kane, Eric Carlson, like there's sh- the chair, like there are guys there that like should be a good team and they just couldn't put it together this season. Yeah, I know something just didn't click from the start. I don't know what it was. Maybe losing Joe Pavelski was a, was a big factor. Yeah, yeah, that was a strange one. Yeah, I, I think he was a big loss, and I think we kind of underestimated not only, you know, the 30, 40 goals that he can bring on the ice, but his off-ice presence, too, in the locker room. I, I think we're really missing him. Uh, we expected some young guys to step it up early in the season. That never happened, so that's another factor. And then to top it off, goaltending. That's been such a problem for this team the last couple of years, and it really came up this year. Martin Jones has really struggled. You know, Aaron Dell played all right filling in, you know, for 30 games or so this year, but at the end of the day, he's not a starting goaltender. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely – it's you're in a bit of a bubble situation, and it's a shitty spot to be in. You're in yeah. And, like, you're not in the bubble spot of, like – on the uprise you're in the bubble spot of the downhill and that is a shitty spot to be in because you you want to it's going to be like the sharks may try again next year but that's the year that costs you that's the year that puts you behind the eight ball that for another couple of years no i agree and i mean going to next year i mean i hate to say it, what if for one of our guys has a really bad injury then all of a yeah. sudden his value plummets and you're just trying to get rid of him and then we have the big contracts and if we want to go into rebuild 
you don't want those big contracts on your books. Mm-hmm. Now you might have to give up assets to get rid of some of those deals. Like Martin Jones. I don't know if there's many takers yeah. uh, to take yeah. Martin Jones. So you might have to give up an asset, but you look at the pool that we have, we don't necessarily have the prospects or the draft picks to give up to get rid of those big contracts. So yeah, like you said, it's a really tough position to be in. Yeah, for sure. And like, you can see it with the Kings as well. Like they're on the uprise. They have the prospect pool coming, but at the same time you have Kopitar for another, I think six years. You have Doughty for another eight years. Like that is tough. That's going to be tough. And of course, like they're still great players, but by the end of that, what are they going to be like sort of thing? Yeah, and for us, I mean, on the back end, I mean, I love these guys, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. They're, yeah, for sure. they're good players, but to build your defense around two guys that are offensively minded, I think we're starting to see the results of that. And with big contracts like that, we don't have much space to fill around them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just lost Brendan Dillon, which I, which, which you mentioned I have on my next uh, yeah, that's episode awesome. of the podcast. But I, I think he was a big loss too. And, and you look at Vlasic, he hasn't had a great season. He's our more defensive-minded guy. And he also has a big contract of $7 million. So we have a lot of money tied up in guys that aren't really performing. And guys who I, I don't know if you can necessarily build a defense around. I mean, you can build around one or two of them. But like I said, having two offensive guys like that, it, it makes it tough. Yeah, for sure. I, I absolutely agree. And with the, with the Kings, it's kind of just been – Doughty and that's it you saw some growth from defensemen this year but Martinez he got traded at the deadline and he was hurt for a good chunk of the year and he didn't do much this season I'll be honest so it's kind of just been Doughty and actually I'll ask you this quickly since we're talking since I brought him up what did you think of Doughty's comments last Monday saying that if the NHL comes back it's it won't be like winning a real Stanley Cup Oh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with them. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of a bastardized season. Yeah. Uh, for sure. However, we decide to come back and who knows what the playoffs are going to be, right? If it's yeah. going to be a typical four round, seven game series, I, I don't know if that's a possibility, but also, you know, playing in, I don't know, what are some of the places they brought up North Dakota and yeah. Saskatchewan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. And also, you got to consider a, a team wins the Stanley Cup and let's say it's a team that's never won the cup before. That's going to be their first experience. And to top it off afterwards, there's going to be no Stanley Cup parade. You're not going to get to celebrate how you normally would for for a normal cup. And, like, you're going to win with no fans in the the seats? Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, like... Even if you're... Even if you win the cup in a visitor's arena, you still get a vibe, right? You still have people in the stands. You still get some of your fans that, that make the trip. Um... But yeah, I mean, we live in BC, so we get to see the Vancouver Canucks a lot. Like for a team like that, could you imagine if they finally won the cup after so many years yeah. and nobody really gets to celebrate it? And another thing too, I mean, even if you don't live close to the team, you want to go to your buddy's house and have a beer and watch the game, right? Absolutely. Especially the Stanley Cup finals. Absolutely. And that's another option that we just don't have. We're going to have to watch it through Zoom or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's crazy. Well, I have to do a live stream like last night but just all of us watching the game together <laughs> but yeah we'll get, no. we'll get Devin to do play-by-play I think that'll be <laughs> oh, something else God. <laughs> <laughs> no but it like yeah it's strange man it, it would be so so weird I I I I agree with Doughty as well that I just don't think he it would be a weird one for sure and he also was mentioning how he doesn't he, he didn't really say it but he said that like it, okay, I'm just going to ask you straight up. Is Drew Doughty still a top five defenseman in the league? Because uh, he's 
the numbers weren't good from this year, but you can see that the team wasn't good either. But then I've had this argument with people that like Doughty should be the one lead, should be the one fixing that because he's the leader of the team or one of the leaders of the team. I mean, top five defensemen, I'm not too sure. Um, I still my, think- arg- my one argument is that he's second, he plays 26 plus minutes a night. No, that, that's a great point. Like you said, the, the core around him, the defensive core around him isn't, isn't necessarily top notch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a top five guy. He's definitely still a top defenseman, though. Um, you know, people look at that contract and might look sideways, but I don't know, man. You'd have to pay that kind of money to get a, a defenseman of that caliber. He brings so much to the ice. He's not just an offensive guy. He's good on both ends, ends of the puck. Um, he's a leader. Um, he, he's made some offside comments before but oh, yeah. he has he has some character too which i like about the guy i don't know i i'm a drew dowdy fan i know san jose sharks fans if you're listening you're probably turning off the podcast right now but i am a drew dowdy fan i think he's a he's a really good defenseman still it's kind of it's you know flames fans hate him as well but no I like think I, a lot of people hate <laughs> Drew Doughty, but that's, yeah, that's what sure. makes him a special hockey yeah, player that, too. yeah exactly that's that you're exactly right that is what makes him special is like he's just he's his he is He's like Devin. He is Doughty is his own person. He beats by his own drum. He does what he wants, basically. And there was there was a good point out we were just talking about before we started about they've been doing the conference calls with players a few weeks for the last few weeks during this whole uh, pandemic. And during the first in the first one they did the one Pacific Division that had Kopitar for the Kings, Couture for the Sharks, uh, Ekman Larson, I believe for no Flurry for the Knights and. Gets left for the Ducks, and the moderator asked them, "Who would you want to be quarantined with, and who would you not want to be quarantined with?" And Kopitar said, "I'd want to be quarantined." I, I he said, "I think Doughty for both, because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he says something smart, and sometimes he says something, and you just shake your head, like, what the hell did you just say?" So it's definitely, he's definitely his own person, Drew Doughty. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that's a good answer, though, because, I mean, Drew Doughty, I feel like he'd be fun for the first, I don't know, three, four days, but after that, he might get under your skin, and it might get old real quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, no, he, he's a character and a great player. We we need to try and set up an interview with uh, Devin Snow and Drew Doughty. I think there might be a big old fuck you match eventually in that one. <laughs> that, that, would, that would get us on the map. I know, that, like, that we're really making would. our way up, but that would do it, for sure. And uh, I remember look, I remember watching that, and when Couture got asked the question, he said he wouldn't want to uh, quarantine with Joe Thornton because Thornton's probably going nuts at home right now, he said. No one. Oh, man. The pictures online have proven <laughs> that to be true. This guy is, this guy is running around his, his house in just his underwear playing, yeah. playing floor <laughs> hockey inside with the kids. He's having a good time. I mean, it's kind of funny, though. The one picture he posted of of him in his underwear playing hockey the guys the guys not looking too fit these days i think joe might want to hit the gym a little bit more if he's but planning on making a comeback the, next year the players don't a lot of players don't have gyms at their house yeah no that's, <laughs> it's that's tough a that's it's a good tough point. it's real tough but it's uh yeah it's crazy like everything that's going on and I'm, do you think joe will make a return next season i i think he wants to um and you know i i think doug wilson kind of said there's always a spot for you with the San Jose Sharks Mm -hmm. so I think he wants to but at the end of the day I don't know it's a tough one because he must be looking at this roster and after experiencing this year thinking you know there's there's no chance really of the Sharks winning the cup next year and that's his end goal right so does he come back with the Sharks or another team I I think he'd be open to looking at another team but the question remains does another team have a spot for him on the roster yeah 
were were you because I was on board with this one just as a hockey fan. Were you on board at the deadline with trading him to Boston? Uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. It really would have. That would have been awesome. To Boston. That, that would have been. And, I mean, he might have been a good fit there, you know, playing on the third line, maybe getting some power play minutes. Um, yeah, it might have been a good fit. I, I've heard Tampa Bay being thrown around. I've heard a couple other yeah. teams. So, I think he has some options going into next year. Um, but I also think some GMs might be looking at him thinking he slowed down, you know, half a step. You want your third, fourth line guys to be fast players. And that, that's kind of the way the league's gone. Fourth line guys aren't necessarily just grinders. They're, they're energy guys. They're pace sure. guys. So can Joe Thornton keep up with that nowadays? I'm not too sure. But if you get the right line mates with them, like I said, maybe some second power play time, I think he would be a decent fit for a contender. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And like, it's, he was, as, what are my thoughts? Like, what, what was I just going to I just had a thought that I was going to say about him. Now it's, it's left me. But, like, he could definitely. It was a late night last night, It was. <laughs> it was. No, no, no. Here it is. I think he's definitely at the point of his career as well where it's like if a contender wants him, it, it's just like, yeah, give me a million bucks and I'll go. It's not going to go for big money or anything. I think he'll be like, yeah, I'll do one year, million dollars. Let's go win a cup sort of thing. No, I agree with that. I mean, the guy's made so much money over his career. I For think sure. playing one year at a discounted rate wouldn't really mean much to him. And I think, you know, if he went on to a contender, I think he'd be willing to take on whatever role the team threw at him. Yeah, absolutely. Just to get that opportunity, right? At the end of the day, if you're a fourth liner or a first liner and you win the Stanley Cup, you're still raising the cup above your head. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. And then another question I had with just the whole coronavirus, COVID. Nine, or I always say COVID. It's COVID nineteen thing. Oh, going I was on. wondering. I was like, shit, is there a new virus coming? No, out? no. I always say COVID instead of COVID. I don't know why. I have to fix it. <laughs> but uh, what have you th- what have you thought of the creativity from players and fans alike in this time, creating videos and TikToks and stuff like that? I mean, it's been great. I mean, I think one thing hockey is missing is personalities. And I think something like this has really brought out some guys' personalities that we probably wouldn't get a chance to see before. And I mean, lots of guys are are jumping on podcasts, like you said, making TikTok videos, making, you know, doing live streams, doing Zoom conference calls with other players. I, I think it's good. I think it's kind of united the the league in, in some sort of way. Yeah. Who would have thought that Kevin Bieksa would be the TikTok star that he is? Oh man, yeah, that Kevin BX is just a star. Period. That yes, guy can do awesome. anything. What what a natural progression in the media, though. That that oh, guy's perfect like, for the media game. Like we're we're Vancouver guys, so we know. Like watching him play for the Canucks and like his personality, you just knew he was gonna be in the media after his career was done. Yeah, I mean, all, all our California fans. I mean, they've seen yeah, him play true. for the Ducks. They've seen yeah, his personality true. come out there. I, I don't know. I think he might be a good replacement for Don Cherry. Just going to throw that out there. Oh, okay. The we new coach's corner with Kevin Bieksa, Mr. Ke- Juice. Ke- <laughs> yeah, Mr. Juice and Ron McLean. That would be something. That'd be good. You, you could call it the Juice Bar. How about that? The Juice Bar? The, the first intermission uh, Juice Bar or Something like that. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. That, yeah, would... that was just off the top of my head. I'm sure yeah, he for sure. something better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's a pretty funny guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, and the, did the Sharks do anything like live stream wise or anything with uh, like tw- uh, putting their games on Twitch for the rest of the season or anything? I mean, they've, they've put some, some games up. I mean, I haven't really watched it. I'm one of those guys that doesn't really pay attention to old games. I, if I know the results of a game, I won't really watch it. I just, 
I don't know, it kind of defeats the purpose of the sport for me. So I yeah. haven't really tuned in too much. I mean, I know some players have been doing different things, like like we mentioned, going on TikTok, live streaming and stuff like that yeah. uh, to kind of keep up the time. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about it? Are you a guy that goes in and watches old games? So I've been going in and watching old games a bit, but I just wanted to say before that, I was talking with E about this a couple weeks ago, that the Kings were one of the teams that got on Twitch right away, live streaming or putting the games on uh, uh, putting the games on Twitch, playing them, simulating them so much so that they had that like the media members were missing it. They wanted to be involved. They were doing first intermission breaks <laughs> like you would during a real game. They had players calling in on Zoom for intermission breaks, which is hilarious. So like it was good to see the Kings do that at the same time. And but then but on the watching old games point that yeah I, I have a little bit, but it's getting to the point where I am over it a little bit. But like. I like watching the old games, like a full old game, because like you always see the highlight of what's happening. You always see like the main highlights of what happened. But watching the whole game, you forget things that happened throughout the course of the game. So it's cool to, to see that again. No, it's a great point. And I mean, also watching games from, let's say, four or five years ago, you see guys in their prime that might not be in their prime right now. And it kind of reminds you that, wow, this guy really was a special yeah, player. Absolutely. Or, or, you, or you see guys and you were just like, why were they on the team? And it's like, it's, it's not just for hockey. It's for any sport. Like, yeah, no, no, for sure. Like, I've watched old hockey games during this time, but, like, we're I, – I don't know about you, but, like, in Canada, uh, yes, we're West Coast, but I'm a Blue Jays fan. Uh, like, watching the, the Batista bat flip game again and the Edwin Wildcard walk-off again, like, it's fun to watch those games, and you don't remember everything that happened in those games. So it's, it's fun to see. Because, like, during the Batista Batflip game, you just watch the Batista Batflip every time. You don't, watch the, you don't watch the whole game. So it's fun to see what you miss out on. Yeah, no, seeing moments like that are, are always pretty special. I mean, for San Jose Sharks fans, I'm sure watching that Game 7 against Vegas, um, you know, with that amazing yeah. comeback, that's definitely a game oh you want to watch. Goodness, you can skip to the game. third period. You can yeah. skip to the third period for that one. You don't have to watch the first two because it was – it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. That was insane. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely gonna go down as one of the highlights for this uh, San Jose Sharks franchise. We did a series where we brought on five fans to do interviews, and yeah. we asked all of them, "What's something that stands out to you as a San Jose Sharks fan over your fandom?" And every single one of them brought up that game. It was uh, it was unbelievable. Piece wow, that's yeah. That game was. I'll never forget watching that game last year that was insane i'm not gonna lie i was watching it and they were down three nothing and i was like you know what it's over so i went i think i had a shower or something and i came back and it was three two then all of a sudden they scored like right away it was three three i was like god damn it what did i miss i had to go back and rewatch the rest of it but uh yeah no pr <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing stuff I, I, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure i was i was living out with my girlfriend at the time when that game was on and she was in bed and I was like out in the TV room FaceTiming a buddy, not really paying attention to the game. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like double taking at my TV. Like, are you watching this dude? Like San Jose is coming back. And it was, Oh, it was insane to watch. Man. It's hot, man. It just makes me miss the playoffs right now. We should be in round one of the NHL playoffs. And that's, that's the most special time of the year to me. It's better than well, like, Christmas for me, better than the world juniors. That first round yeah. of the playoffs, it doesn't matter who yeah, plays. Cause anything you know can happen. Be energy. Literally anything can happen. This yeah, has been exactly. like, this whole pandemic has been at like, it started at like the worst sports time 
of the oh like the best sports time of the year. It started at the worst possible time because you had you had like uh going up to the playoffs for NHL and NBA now in the playoffs. You had March Madness that's now gone obviously. You had the Masters would have been last weekend. That's yeah. not ha- that's not happening until later in the year. Like it was a tough time for a pandemic to hit the sports world. And how about the NFL doing a virtual draft? I mean, do you think the other leagues oh, are going to do that? Uh, well, I'm scared of them doing that first. I'm you, you, because <laughs> someone's going to hack that. I'm no, real scared. That that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, yeah. e- even if someone doesn't hack it, I mean, you you get all these young guys in their houses being drafted. You know, someone's going to do something completely offside, or a buddy might jump into the video stream and do something just wild. So yeah, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> you know, something's going to happen in that draft. It's going to be something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something stupid could happen. I that's oh, I'm I'm scared for it for sure. I'm <laughs> I, like doing a draft over Zoom is just it doesn't make sense. I mean, how is that even gonna look? I, I mean, don't. That's, that's it. I don't know. That's the thing. I'm. That's why I'm scared because I don't know. And like, I just I'm just so worried for something to go wrong. Yeah, and and you know something will, and hopefully no hackers get in. Uh, you know, like we saw a couple of weeks ago of the Conjure Miller uh, situation. Yeah. Rangers. I mean, I mean, there's there's no stopping some of these people, and, yeah, and they're ruthless sure. with the shit that they say, and especially you know being an NFL draft. I mean, you, you don't want something like that to come up. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm kind of worried as well. For sure, absolutely. Well, do uh, do you have any more thoughts on the shark season as as we wrap it up here, uh, it's it's been a dumpster fire. It really has been. There hasn't been too many too many positives. Like I said before, I mean, a couple guys had decent seasons. Like Barkley Goudreau, he was actually playing pretty well. He yeah, ended up man. getting flipped for a first and a third round pick. Yeah, see, out the there door. you go. You started it this year with trading him and trading uh, Dylan. Yeah, no, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, some people have explored the options that that Doug Wilson might actually flip those picks and try and get players back. But what's what's the point? I mean, you, yeah. you gave up two Keep pretty those now. Yeah, you, you gave up two pretty solid guys that were that were well liked in the dressing room and, and were having good seasons. So I don't know. I think it's a good start getting those draft picks back. You know, we don't have our first round pick that the uh, Ottawa Senators have. I mean, that's that's a huge blow for this organization. Yeah, that is huge. You're right about that. I mean, like after after making the playoffs for so many years, I think it was five years in a row. And then we have one really, really bad season, the worst season we've had in decades, and we don't have our first round pick. That is, that's a kick in the nuts if I've ever seen one. Yeah, absolutely. That's just so tough. And yeah, it's that's why the draft is so tough for you guys this year because you get to watch Ottawa make two picks instead of you having one of them. Oh, I, m- I might have to tune out of the draft until later when we make our pick because I, I don't even want to see who they're drafting because I know it's going to be a hell of a player. Or, or no, I, what's going to hurt you first is when the lottery happens. Yeah, that, that's true. That will that's hurt. True. That will tear at your heartstrings first. Well, you know, at least that one's out of our control. Us trading that first round pick, that was in our control. That was something that we did on purpose. Yeah. Um, I know Doug Wilson obviously didn't expect a season like this, but yeah, it's going to be tough. I was just on uh, Shane Ryan's podcast for the Ottawa Senators yeah. on the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, yeah, he was ripping into me pretty good for having that draft pick. So <laughs> I, I've heard a lot about that pick so far this season. Yeah, him and I talked recently, uh, in the last couple weeks as well. And yeah, we, t- we talked about that a little bit, the draft comp for sure. And yeah, it's just, it's so tough for for you, for the Sharks, like just as an organization. It's, yeah, I want to say it's a tough look, which it is, but it's just like, you try to make a move 
and it hasn't worked out. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, no, exactly. You, you gotta, you gotta swing the bat every once in a while. You're not going to hit all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the San Jose Sharks, we have a good fan base. So I think we're going to, we're going to power through this. We're going to get out of this stronger than ever. And yeah. hopefully we can make the playoffs in a couple of years here. Yeah, for sure. I, I, absolutely. And, and just to keep the rivalry going between the Kings and the Sharks, because it's, it's a fun one. Man, it, it's, it's so much fun when all the California teams are good. I know. There was you know, a great article this year about the state of California and hockey. I believe it was by Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. And it was about like just the state of hockey in California. It was a great article. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also cool, too, when, when all the California teams are good, because for, for other teams doing that, that California road trip, yeah. It's a scary thing when you got three teams that could beat you up. Yeah, you know, and especially sure. when the when the Ducks and the Kings were were big tough teams, and and also the Sharks. Yeah. You come through California, you're gonna come out the other end all beat yeah. up. Oh yeah, you were um, scared. Yeah, no, exactly. Right now, it's kind of an easy six points coming through California. Hopefully, that that'll change in the near future. Uh, I wouldn't say that easy because as as much as the Kings struggled, like they were a home team this year. They played so much better on the road on at home than on the road. So it's a little, it was, I wouldn't say a guaranteed six points, but maybe four or five. I don't know if you heard about this story near the start of the season, but do you yeah. think this had an effect on it? Taking down the Taylor Swift banner. Did you hear about that? No, at the start yes, of the year? I heard about it. It was, I, I thought it was <laughs> stupid, but, it, but, the, but the Kings loved it. They loved to make fun of it. They, they kept saying they were part of the Taylor, Taylor Swift fan club and stuff. It was pretty funny because the Kings are so good on social media and they love playing around with stuff like that. So that, that was pretty funny to see. But actually, I'll ask I'll ask you this quickly. Actually, before we get before we let go here, because it was such a weird thing. And the Kings' head coach, Todd McCullough, and former Sharks head coach, he definitely complained about it. And I just want to ask you, like, was the Sharks' schedule pretty regular this season? Like home away, it was pretty even. Uh, you know, it's it's been getting better year by year. I think I think the schedule has really worked itself out. I mean, look at. If you look at 10 years ago, the San Jose Sharks had a pretty brutal schedule. Um, but overall, I think it's been all right. Um, well, no, I, the only reason I bring it up is because head coach Tom McClellan was not happy with the Kings schedule this season because they played a bunch of team, a bunch of games on the road, like in the first few months of the season. And then they were in a stretch, like right now, as the season ended where they were playing 15 out of 16 at Staples Center. And the only away game was in Vegas. Right. Like, and like, I, you get home field advantage, but the guys were kind of like, this is almost too long at home. This is like five, six weeks at home to play 15 out of 16 games at Staples Center. No, exactly. You need a break from it. And when you have like, 15 games in a row at home, you know that the next two months you're going to be yeah. on the road for, you know, 15 out of 16 yeah. games. So it kind of it bites you in the ass eventually. I had never seen anything like it. I was the one I, when the season was starting and I was going through the King schedule, I was like, wait a minute, why is there 15 out of 16 at home? And like going to Vegas is barely an away game. Like, it's basically a bus trip over to, yeah, over to Vegas. It is. I, I, when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. It was just like, why is this a thing? Yeah, I mean, honestly, at the like, end of the day, I think, I think teams on the West Coast, we're always going to have scheduling issues. Like, we're so far away from everything. So much travel time in the air, so much bus time. It's, I don't know, it's something but, you just kind of got to deal with on the West Coast. You have to think about it from a business perspective as well. Like, you have 15 out of 16 at home, like in a row. Like I imagine like it's, it's NHL, it's going to sell, but I imagine it's a lot tougher to do to have when you have a bunch of games in a row, 
like that than having them a little more spread out and having your longest homestand be like six. Yeah, and in a non-traditional market like California yeah, is, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, people probably don't want to go to two, three NHL games in a week. Yeah. They're going to one game a week kind of thing. That's that's pretty doable for most people. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. That's that's a pretty good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like you just got to think about it from that way as well. It was kind of weird as well. And the Kings also had three back-to-backs in the first like three weeks, and I, I don't want to get into that, but it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well, they're probably just all working around those Swifty concerts, right? So you got you got to think about Taylor before anything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Dylan, this was a lot of fun having you on. Do you have anything more you want to discuss? Oh man, that was that was a good time. Thanks for bringing me on. Thanks for coming on before, the after hour show. Oh, uh, that was a ton of fun. Before I let you go, plug away. Let's hear it. Yeah, check out the Stick Hungry Podcast, um, home of your San Jose Sharks, on the Hockey Podcast Network with my co-host Kyle McLaren. Uh, former Boston Bruin and San Jose Shark, and Mr. Producer T, uh, who spends a lot of time in trail with the smoke eaters. A little <laughs> bit of an inside joke. Uh, check out the podcast to hear more. Uh, we have Brendan Dillon on episode 55 yeah, of the unreal. podcast, so make sure you check out that interview. Awesome. Dylan, thank you so much for joining me. Kings fans, check out the Stick, the Stick Hungry podcast. They're great. They're awesome. Dylan's one of the co- is the co-creator with Isha for the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're just so pumped that they got this whole thing started. So thank you once again for getting this whole thing started and joining me for episode fifty-five. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, go Sharks, go <laughs> go Kings, go. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. Thank you. Again, my thanks to Dylan for joining us for episode 55 of the Kings. And that was such a fun conversation about the Kings, about the Sharks, about what's going on in the state of hockey right now, about the pandemic, about everything. It was such a fun conversation with Dylan. Don't forget to check out the Stick Hungry podcast and check out if they got after you check out episode 55 of the Kings Den here, check out Stick Hungry as they have former San Jose Shark Brendan Dylan on tomorrow. It's going to be a great conversation. So check that out as well once again before we let you go thank you for listening to episode 55 of the king's den don't forget to like rate subscribe and review all of our podcasts around the network not just the king's den but every single podcast around the hockey podcast network don't forget to follow the king's den on twitter at the king's den thpn don't forget to follow me your host jordy cunningham on twitter at cunningham jordy don't forget to follow us follow the hockey podcast network on twitter and instagram at hockeypodnet. don't forget to follow hockey podcast network on youtube where you'll find all of our video video footage and don't forget to check the hockey podcast network network out on patreon of course the latest thing on patreon two-part podcast about our after hours facebook live stream that we did last night it was so much fun we're gonna do a ton more of them so check that out as well on facebook live the video is still there or on patreon for just one dollar in podcast form this has been episode 55 of the king's den thank you so much for joining us again do your part, stay safe out there, social distance, stay six feet apart, do what you need to do so we can get sports back. Be the better person, stay home if you can. Essential service workers, thank you so much for everything you're doing. You guys are real heroes right now. Thank you for everything you're doing. If you can, stay home. Everyone else, thank you so much for all your work, for keeping the world running in this time of need. But if you're non-essential, stay home, do your part, so we can beat this thing. This is episode 55 of the Kings Den. Thank you so much. Have a great week. We will talk to you next Monday for episode 56.